Let's talk about the misconduct hearing over the stop and search of British athlete Bianca Williams and her partner. Let's also discuss polyandry in South Africa. What about the disproportionate number of black children on remand in the UK? And a whole lot more. This is Pablo from Hackney, and this is Pablo's podcast. Thank you for choosing Pablo's podcast today. Welcome. It doesn't matter how slowly you go, as long as you don't stop. Confucius. Short, sweet, and to the point. Pretty much just never give up. I can hold testimony to that, the events that have happened to me throughout this last week, but we won't go into that on this podcast. However, it is episode 63. Episode 63, we're still here sparking debate. So, July, we're into a new month, new things, new plans, new ideas. So, what's happened? This, so, the first, what we started off with, the first being um, International Reggae Day, as well as Somalia's Independence Day, because they got their independence in 1960. But, um, but I think it's really important to acknowledge uh, International Reggae Day as well, because... You know, for a little island like Jamaica to have created a music genre that's changed the world, you know, from music to fashion to style to language, you know, it, it's changed the world in so many different ways. And it's a really small island where that music comes from. So it definitely should be recognised on the 1st of July every year. It's been, I mean, they've been recognising it for the past 27 years on the 1st of July. So, but um, but yeah, it should, shouldn't go and miss at all. So yeah, really happy to see. And then, you know, that's been the soundtrack of my life as well as other music genres, but that probably was the first type of music I would have heard in the womb or <laughs> when, when I came out, you know, so um, into the world. So, yeah, uh, that is the beginning of July. So, But through the month, there's various uh, days um, that need to be kind of recognised. You've got, um, on the 10th, you've got um, the Bahamas Independence Day. They became independent in 1973. And on the 18th, you both have Black Leaders Awareness Day, as well as Nelson Mandela's International Day. Also, on the 23rd, we've got Haile Selassie's birthday, which is a big day for Rastafari. So, yeah, there's a lot going on this month, a lot going on. So this, this week, I thought a memory come back. You know what it was? I saw the uh, Confederate flag. And, you know, obviously the flag, I mean, people know what it's, what it's connected to, you know, it's connected to, uh, you know, the Confederate situation and, and you know, racism, bigotry. You know, it's kind of connected to that. You know, that's that's kind of what it stands for. You, you're not going to catch um, many people, many people of colour, you know, representing that flag in any kind of way, in that, you know, in any positive way, for instance. But it reminded me, when I was a kid, there was a show called The Dukes of Hazard, which I absolutely loved. Um, obviously based in America, you know, um, and it had an iconic car. It was like a Dodge Charger a customised Dodge Charger. Um, and the car was called the General Lee. And they, 
you know, it was like, I think it was like an orange, yeah, it was like an orange colour and it had the Confederate flag, flag all over it, like on the bonnet, I think, on the other sides. And obviously I remember that car, they, they never opened the doors, they always jumped in through the windows. That was the cool thing about it as well. Um, yeah, and it just brought back all the, all the characters like Boss Hog and Roscoe Pico Train and, yeah, um, and, the, and the two guys, the two Dukes of Hazard Stars. But, yeah, it just... But at the time, I think the point is, at the time, I loved the flag. I wanted the car with the flag on it. You know, I used to draw the flag, you know. Um, but no, we, I had no understanding of what that flag represented and what that era and, and that time represented and stuff. So, I mean, that show probably will never air again. I'm pretty sure that show is not playing anywhere. Um, I don't know what the, the content was probably a bit off as well, maybe. I, I don't know. I haven't seen it in recent years. But it's just amazing how how much things have changed, you know, because we, we know so much now. You know, we don't know everything, obviously, but we know a lot now. But um, but that obviously slipped under the radar as something that was cool in my house. But um, it definitely wouldn't be cool in my house today, you know, in that sense. Obviously, this, the, the nostalgia bit doesn't go because you still have that, that feeling towards the show and stuff like that. But on uh, understanding what's going on and, and what things mean and the significance of them, it's not anything that's, um, you know, going to be held up as, as fun and jokes. But, yeah, just kind of remind you, the Dukes of Hazard, Dukes of Hazard. Yeah, if you, I mean, yeah, if you, if you, if you know me you, you, and you come from that area, you'd know about the Dukes of Hazard. But, yes. But we continue. So um, in South Africa, polyandry is, well, the government is suggesting and looking to legalise polyandry. So for people that are not aware of what that means, polyandry is where one woman can have multiple husbands. So, so yeah. Um, but apparently, I mean, South Africa is quite liberal with their, you know, their constitution, they, you know, they embrace same-sex um, marriages early, you know, they, they, they're just very liberal with that stuff. But this is, you know, it's causing some people to to kind of raise their eyebrows at, um, even though I think uh, polygamy, no, poly, uh, yeah, uh, polygamy is, 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 is not frowned upon there, you know, as well. So, but yeah, polyandry, um, they are, raising an eyebrow. So there's a t- TV personality, um, Musa Mesleku, um, and he, he deals with polygamy. He's got four wives. Um, he does a TV show basically on that as well. But he's come out saying that it's going to destroy African culture and his concerns are like, what about the children of, of these people? Like, they, they won't know who, who their identity is, i.e. who their father is because of the, the multiple fathers and stuff. So... So, yeah, um, and basically talking about how it's going to, you know, destroy African culture and, and things like that. But, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. I mean, you know, it's, it's, I, I could imagine women saying, you know, if it's good for the goose, it's good for the gander, you know. Um, but that is a point, you know. If you've got four fathers, one mother, you're not actually going to know who your father is. And, well, I suppose you could take a blood test, but... Um, yeah, it's different. I wonder if that. I wonder if that's going to be a thing in England. Could you imagine them making that legal in England? Poly, polygamy, polygamy, and um, polyandry. Yeah, be interesting. 
But who knows, some people may be practicing it already and not even um, making it a big deal and highlighting it like that. Who knows? Yeah, so um, so football. Football, obviously, this last few weeks has been absolutely amazing for, for, for football and, and the UK. And, you know, we've been doing really well. You know, beat Germany 2-0. Two, two um, 55 years there to wait for that knockout win over Germany. So it was massive. And Harry, Harry Kane scored a goal um, and Sterling. Sterling, you know, he's, he's just moving leaps and bounds. Leaps and bounds. Absolutely love watching him play. Absolutely. I watched some um, old footage of him when he was young, doing some kick-ups and stuff. And he, he hasn't changed that much at all, to be fair. But yeah, it, it really warms my heart when I see him do his thing. You know, my kids love it as well. They really hold him up high, you know, as a footballer. So, but you know, in the, in, there has been some complaints in the papers they, that they didn't give him as much coverage as, as Harry Kane and things like that. But on social media, people have readdressed the balance. I can see. So it's, it all it all pans out in the end. So, but yeah, great win, nevertheless. Um, and then um, they last night they won four 0 against the Ukraine. So they're into the semi final. So this Wednesday, England v Denmark. Um, so that should be good. But yeah, it's been a really, it's been, it's been like getting back to normality somewhat, especially when they've got loads of people in the in the crowds and stuff. So it's definitely brought some of that normality back. So yeah, been really nice. And also this week, uh, William and Harry unveiled their mother's um, statue, uh, so Princess Diana's statue at Kensington Palace, which I definitely want to go and see. I have a feeling they will start charging people to go and see that. So, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they did. But, um, but yeah, I definitely want to go up there and see it. Just, not just the statue, to be fair. The, the garden, this sunken garden thing they've got looks really nice. And I do, I do like... Um, aesthetics of, of things like that so yeah I'll definitely be getting there. I'll probably go one early morning avoid the crowds because I can imagine everybody especially the royalists will be trying to get there so it'd be quite busy but um, but yeah so the statue it's uh, like Princess Diana and three children to me I mean I don't know if anybody else noticed but to me the kid standing in the front on the right is definitely a little black boy I haven't heard nobody say anything about it I think they've kind of spoken about the children being a bit ambiguous and stuff like that. But that the black boy in the front on the right is definitely a little black boy, um, which I think is cool. You know, it was a bit of a surprise to, to see it because when they was unveiling, I actually thought um, it was going to be a picture because you could see it was going to be two, underneath the cloth. You could see it was going to be two, at least two kids. So I thought it was going to be a young Harry and a young William. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's not actually. So it's, I think it's two little boys and one girl, and there's a, one of the boys is kind of behind her. But yeah, so I'll definitely be visiting the Sunken Gardens um, at Kensington Palace for sure, and check that piece out. It's a piece, piece of history, you know, piece of history. Came out, and it's come out in a historic year as well on top of that. So, um, But it's all to mark her 60th birthday. So, yeah. But yeah, I'll definitely be checking that out for sure. But across the world, you know, 24 hours away in Australia, they're in emergency talks at the moment um, because of the the COVID, basically. The COVID Delta variant spiked over there. Um, and you've got to remember, you know, it's, it's really interesting, um, the fact that Australia pretty much 
coasted through um, this whole pandemic prior to this and, and was kind of detached from the global pandemic. They kind of locked their borders. It was quite strict and stuff. And they, you know, they, they had seemingly achieved the COVID normal. Um, you know, people visiting restaurants, nightclubs, um, festivals, theatres. They, they did all of that already. Um, but now they're in they're in a lockdown again so um and a, a, a deeper lockdown than what they had before so you know there's the australian prime minister um scott morrison um has basically met with the the national leaders and you know to work out how they're going to tackle you know the spikes now but um it has you know they're, they're, they're talking about is they think they're entering like a new phase of the pandemic you know which is with the more contagion um, Delta strain, you know. So at the moment, you're talking about 12, more than 12 million people under, like, stay-at-home orders, you know, across across um, Australia. So, yeah, they're definitely going for it. And this is the f- first time in months that they've had um, multiple uh, parts of the country under lockdown at the same time. First time in months, so is is serious over there. But you know, my thing is, if that's happening over there, we've got to be realistic. You know, have have we have we we just got to be realistic. You know, I can't. It, it's got. I I can't see how we don't have to deal with. Um, you know this that situation. I mean, I'm sure they've got the vaccines over there as well, and. And stuff like that, but they're having to go for it. But you know, look, hopefully, hopefully not. I hope, I hope we're not. But um, I, you know, I hope, I hope we don't have to go for it. But we see time. Time will tell. Time will tell. But we do have to look at these other countries. Like I, I always say, we're not dealing with this by ourselves. This is a this is a global thing. So if if one place ain't sorted, nowhere's sorted. Everywhere's temporarily sorted, and and that's what Australia is living proof of now because. You know, obviously they got back to normal, you know, a COVID normal, and it was seemingly okay. But with everything else that's going on on the planet, it's just a matter of time before it reaches you. And it doesn't matter how far you are, you know, it doesn't matter that you're 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 all the way in um, in Australia. So it is what it is. So um, and Andrew Marr um, from BBC, um, the the news broadcaster who has his own show on BBC, he basically um, he basically has had two jabs. He spoke about having two jabs, but he recently also still caught the virus because, as we know, the vaccines don't stop you getting the virus. It's just meant to ensure that you you have an easier time with it and you're not hospitalised. So, thankfully, he wasn't hospitalised, but he did say that it wasn't it wasn't mild. You know, he he talked he spoke about being seriously ill. You know. Um, and and yeah, you know, so it's because I, I still hear people say, you know, celebrities, which I think is really dangerous. Um, but, you know, people in the community as well kind of feeling like, OK, I've had my injections. I've had both of my injections. I can kind of do what I want and everything's back to normal. And it's it's really not, you know, it's, it's really not. And um, and then even having that false security of, yeah, OK, worst case scenario, if I catch it, it's not going to be too bad. That's not the experience of Andrew Marr. So ideally, that's how it will go. And hopefully that's how it will go for you if you catch catch it and you've had your two jabs, but it's not guaranteed. So, yeah, we're still at the beginning of this thing. I know it, it feels like it's been going on forever now, but 
we are really when you put it in the in the in the scheme of things, i.e., how long we're going to have to deal with it, we're at the very beginning of this thing. So, so yeah. So, and now they're talking about um, mixing vaccinations as well in the future. Um, I think they 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 kind of eared against that in the past before, but they've obviously done some tests and stuff, and they're coming to new conclusions. But um, Professor John Van Tam has said that like there's no reasons for us to currently be mixing. Uh, vaccinations because we've got you know we've got a good supply but you know me hearing that just tells me they will be mixing them up in the future you know because I've obviously been doing tests to see how that could work in case there are um, shortages and stuff so so yeah we'll we'll have to watch that and see how that pans out um, in the long term you know in the short term is one thing but in the long term how does that what are the implications of these things so who knows because like I said we're at the beginning um, and also, we're at the beginning of understanding um, that pets can catch COVID from their owners. Um, we haven't got to the stage where they're like the pets can pass it to humans, but they are talking about the pets being able to be a reservoir for the virus, you know, so just carrying it and being able to pass it around, you know. Um, so that 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 is a big thing, you know, that is for me, that's that's massive because especially with cats especially with cats, because cats, you know, they come home for their milk and that, and a bit of pampering, but then they're off. You know, they kind of do their own thing. So, you know, a bit different for dogs. You know, dogs are at home, they're with their, with their owners. But they are saying, like, you sh- if, you have the, if you have been confirmed as having COVID, you should kind of treat your animals in the same way you would do your humans. You know, you stay away from pets because obviously they can catch it, etc. So... But even though they, you know, the animals at this point they're saying they're asymptomatic, you know, or or they worst case they display mild COVID symptoms. The pets, so, but yeah, the cats, the cats are the, the is what would kind of ring alarm bells for me. Um, I'm allergic to cats anyway, so they won't be passing on to me for sure because I, I stay far. Um, but they do tend to come in my garden and and leave deposits and stuff. That reminds me, I need to put some batteries in my my cat um, repellent. So, yeah. But yes, we need to be careful. And oh, that's going to develop. We're going to find out how that manifests and whatnot. And who knows what the next variant, how how that will fit, affect animals. So we just got to be cautious. And I suppose as well, you know, you, obviously we're a, a nation of pet-loving um, people, especially through, the, through COVID as well. That's raised a lot more. So when you're on the street, you know, it's it's not foreign for us to see people, you know, they see somebody with their dog and they start stroking the dog. We're going to have to look at doing that. Look at, you know, is that what we should be doing going forward? You know, yeah, because you could be passing it on and, t- yeah, it's just a lot to think about, a lot to think about. So also, uh, when Scotland came over um, for their final game, uh, it was it was noted that there was like, you know, about 2,000 fans travelled um, to England um, tested positive for COVID when they went back home um, and 400 of them was, was at Wembley so you know I don't know what the implications of that's going to be going forward as well but I know um, there was once once they had gone back to Scotland the fans there was a talk of um, a spike in Scotland and, I, and I'm pretty sure that wasn't a spike because they came to England and brought something back there that, that would have happened before because obviously the delay and whatnot. so so yeah, um, I just hope 
I just hope that we can kind of stay where we are and move forward rather than reverting backwards. Um, but I'm not sure how that will pan out and how, how that will work. So we just have to wait and see. So sadly, in South Bermondsey on the 26th of June, a 26-year-old by the name of Jason Nayaku died from stab wounds. Um, a 16-year-old has been charged with murder at this point. So my thoughts and prayers go out to the family of, of Jason. Never, never good to hear um, young people dying, as I, as, I have, have to, as I have to say too often. You know, I have, at least I have to say this every month. You know, I have to go through this at least every month. We have, I don't think since I've started this podcast, we've gone weeks without youth deaths. You know, through youth violence, um, but we haven't gone a month without something happening somewhere in the UK. And also in Croydon, um, on the 1st of July, a 16-year-old male also died from stab wounds. And also, there's also a 15-year-old boy has um, been arrested on suspicion of murder. So again, my thoughts and prayers go out to that young man and his family. It's so sad. You know, this, this stuff, it, it, it doesn't get easier to speak about at all. It doesn't get easier at all. And out in um, in Liverpool, in New Way, on the 1st of July also, a 26-year-old man was shot twice in his chest, you know. Um, just so sad, you know, and I, I feel it feel it for all of these families, you know. And, you know, just to say, you know, this stuff doesn't just happen in London and it can feel like it just happens in London because that's what we hear about. But, you know, it's happening all over. Youth violence is, doesn't know any boundaries, it's, you know, it's happening everywhere. So, you know, last week, um, deaths via knife um, were 37 knife murders. And this week, it's up to 41 um, knife murders. Obviously, not all young people, but knife murders, period. Um, so 41. And that is higher than um, the whole of last year. So, so yeah, we... we, we definitely have to start looking at how we're addressing this you know i hear i've heard people speak about you know if we deal with uh, the virus sorry deal with the knife crime as a virus we'll probably make some some headway you know in 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 tackling this you know it is what it is but if we start to look at it differently and and deal with it differently we, we will get different results you know i can guarantee that if we look at it differently and we deal with it differently, we're guaranteed to get different results. Absolutely guaranteed. So we, we need to start putting our heads together and start thinking outside the box. Definitely. Um, but something that's been consistent, you know, the, the whole youth club situation, you know, if, if, if you've worked with young people in the community, you, you know, you know, you know that when they started to cut back on the youth clubs and closing all down, down the youth clubs, we knew that there was going to be problems off the back of that. We knew there was going to be problems. So part of the issue is the fact that those youth centres are not there. You know, that, that, that is a gaping gap in, in the provisions and, and in the support for young people for, for multi, a multitude of reasons, you know. Um, we could do a whole podcast just on that, to be fair, and probably will in the, in the near future. But... Um, you know, is, yeah, we're, we're just living the legacy of that and, and, and many other things. Um, but it was really interesting to, to read this week that in Wales, um, 
they they've they've spoken about um, the fear of lost ch- lost children lost to the streets throughout this pandemic. You know, talking about children as long as young as eleven being lost to the streets. Um, as you know, obviously we're in a period where the, the youth clubs in Wales, for instance, have been closed due to the COVID restrictions. So that's the perspective they're coming from. Um, but they've they, you know they've emphasised that off of the back of that. Uh, some young people have fallen into gangs, they're struggling with their mental health, they're using drink and drugs in a way they weren't before. Um, so the government, the Welsh government, um, have you know, said that they're going to work together with the, in the, with the youth sector throughout the pandemic and help the services access £21 million in grants um, and additional emergency funding to basically address these needs for these young people and the support which is 100% on point. That's what is supposed to happen, you know. But I don't hear them talking about this in, in London, you know, in, in, in the rest of the UK, you know, and especially in, in London, I don't hear none of that talk, you know. Even the connection between mental health and gangs and drugs and, you know, this, when you, if you read uh, this, this report that I'm talking about, they, it's, it's coming from empath, an empathetic place, you know. Yeah, we're talking about kids getting involved with gangs, but they're talking about these are the reasons why it's happening and how it's affecting, you know, mental health and how they're drinking and, and, and using drugs more, you know. But you don't really hear that in, in, in London, you know. You hear about gangs and the scourge that is on society and everything else and, and not really looking at why and the causes and, and trying to address the causes. So hats off to Wales. I think I think England need to look to Wales as far as what they're doing and what they're looking to do because they're, they're talking about because the clubs are closed through the pandemic, which is very different to what's happening in, in, in London or, or the rest of the UK, which is, well, London. Let me be specific to London because I, I know London more. Um, that the, the clubs have been closed for a long time. You know, this is a long-time problem. So where's the empathy? You know, where's the empathy? Where's the understanding? Where's the money? That's 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 what we're really going to look at. So, so yeah, hats off to Wales. Um, sounds like they're looking to do the right thing to address things within their community. But we need to get that. We need to get some of that down here in London as well. Um, like I said, we need to do some things differently in, in London. Otherwise, we're going to get exactly the same results. And speaking about youth violence and, and, and murder, you know, more often than we want to be. So, yeah. So, um, on another note, uh, PC Benjamin Monk, um, he received eight years for the manslaughter of Mr. Dalian Atkinson in T- Telford in 2016. Um, yeah, which is, you know, he is it's kind of um, significant, that this officer um, got eight years in prison for this. You know, there's been like 10 murder or manslaughter charges brought against the police officers, against police officers since 1990. Um, But all of them have either been acquitted or their cases collapsed. So this is quite significant. I'm sure the family would have liked him to get more time. um, But the fact that he got time is, um, it's a start. We're getting there. So my thoughts and prayers still you know, with Dillian's um, family, 
you know, and friends, because obviously they're still going through it. But hopefully they can get some some solace in the fact that there, there has been a, a successful conviction uh, moving forward. So over in um, South Africa, the ex-president, um, Jacob Zuma, has been sentenced. Um, he, he's been sentenced to 15 months um, by the country's high court, and he's been given five days to hand himself into the police. So um, failing that, obviously, he'll, he'll be arrested, warrants will get for his arrest. But he's been found, found guilty of um, defying his court order to appear in the inquiry um, into, into corruption when he was president, um, which ended, when was he? He was president up until 2018. Um, but yeah, so he's, he's got to go and sit down and, and do his time, which is, which is, which is not ideal. But, um, but yeah, it's part of the game, part of the game. So, um, Benjamin Zephaniah, uh, spoke about, well, this week spoke about, um, how there are there, there are really very few um, authors studied at GCSE and English um, literature level in England. Um, you know, there's you you don't really study well. They don't really study um, authors and that from the ethnic minority backgrounds, which is interesting. I I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't remember. I cannot remember at school ever reading any book or, or listening to anything at school that was written by anybody of colour. I don't remember anything like that at all. And actually that is a massive gap in, you know, the resource of, of literature, etc. Um and yeah, it's just an, another it just shows um again how, you know, knowing that there's somebody like you who looks like you that's done something or seeing somebody like you that's done something, you know, that does inspire you, you know, that does lead you towards, it does let you know it's possible. And, you know, even though, you know, I will, I, I, you know, I will be writing a book. Um, that's not because I know, I knew that people had done it. And if maybe if I had, maybe if I had knew that there were black authors, you know, that had come to my mind or to my attention as, as a child, maybe I would have written several books already. Who knows, you know? So, so yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's a good point. And, and who better to, to kind of highlight it than Benjamin Zephaniah? He knows his stuff when it comes to literature. I really love the work that he's done and, you know, the things that he does in the community. It's powerful. So, yeah, big point. So hopefully we can start, you know, pulling, pulling some of that to the forefront, you know, within our homes, and within the schools but you know what can we control we can't really control what happens in the school well you can you know if you decide to become a governor and start to influence from that end and you're, or you're a teacher but you can definitely start doing that at home you know introducing your children to authors that look like them so yeah i, I definitely do do that for sure so the big news this week though is bill crosby is free from prison um his, his sexual assault conviction was overturned by the Supreme Court um, and it was due to like a process violation um, by the prosecution. Um, and yeah, he, I mean, today he, he served like two, two years of, he, of his 10-year um, sentence. He, he was sentenced to like three, three to 10 years he had to do, but he served two years of that. 
So it's going to be interesting what happens now. Like, you know, obviously I'm sure there's going to be interviews. There, there may even be legal stuff that goes on. I, yeah, you know, it's America, you know, and this is a, a man of means as well. So it's just going to be interesting to see how this all pans out. Needless to say, the women that, that um, brought the charges against him, they obviously they're upset. Um they're not happy with it. Obviously, this he, I think he was the first person, his conviction in 2018, he was the first person to be convicted of via, you know, throughout that Me Too movement, you know, throughout that period of time. Um, and obviously, his charge was he was found guilty of drugging and molesting ex-basketball player Andrea Constant. Um, so, yeah, obviously, like I said, she, she's not happy with it. But there were like dozens of women um, that publicly accused um, Crosby of sexual assault. Um, but it was only one case that, that he was um, arrested for. I think a lot of the other ones were historic. And, you know, obviously it brought the 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 notori- notoriety of quaaludes into the... Um, into our lexicon, into our, you know, our, our speech and stuff like that. So, so yeah, I mean... It's, it's just going to be interesting to see how it, how that all manifests going forward. But my, my thing is, if there are any victims of any sexual abuse or any kind of abuse, you know, my thoughts are, are, are with them, you know, my thoughts are with them. With this case, I, I don't know about it enough. Um, I just feel like it's, it's real bizarre how this is all panning out, you know. Um, and... You know, there's other people in in in, in prison for, via this uh, Me Too situation. Obviously, Harvey Weinstein, um, and I, w- I wonder what's going to happen with these other cases because I'm sure these guys are still trying to fight their case from jail. You know, but um, my thing is this: if you if you're guilty of these things, if you've done these things, if it can be proved without a shadow of a doubt, you should be in prison. Definitely, it's repugnant. But if you're not, um, you shouldn't be in prison. That's 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 where I look at. Um, it's really it's interesting though because Marilyn Manson, the the pop star, um, he's going through stuff like this at the moment as well. And like a fourth woman, a fourth woman has sued him, um, claiming sexual abuse. And it, so in total, they, I mean, there, there's dozens of, dozens of women have also come forward um, with allegations against the musician, um, including his ex fiance um, Rachel. Um, sorry, Evan Rachel Wood. So that you know that case is more current, and it kind of mirrors um, Crosby's. So it'd be interesting to see how that pans out. Um, I'm I'm surprised that considering women have already sued him for this, I'm surprised that I don't hear it so much about this in the news, and I'm surprised he's not um, in custody. Um, if you know he's already been sued for it, I I don't know, but. I'm not a legal person. I don't know how the how the law runs, especially in America, for sure. So we'll we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. But yeah, Crosby's free. I mean, for 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 black people in the UK of a certain age group, you grew up on Bill Crosby and the Crosby Show. I keep saying Crosby, but it's not actually Crosby. I think that's a legacy from being a kid and not pronouncing it properly by Bill Cosby but the Cosby show was a big part of my growing up you know that that show let me know 
what what life could be like, you know, um, what parenting um, looked like in an ideal scenario, you know, um, what black excellence looked like, you know. There was no, there was nothing on the TV that showed black excellence like the Cosby show, you know. And, you know, watching that as a kid, it gave you a warm feeling because the life they were living, you know, it's a comedy show as well, and but there were some real issues in it, but they were well-to-do um, black family. He was like a doctor. I think his wife was a, like a lawyer. So there was a well-to-do black family, you know, which and it was just normalised like that. But you never, I never knew anybody like that. You know, I never saw any examples like that in the world. So I learned a lot from it, you know. I learned a lot from it. I learned, yeah, I learned a lot from from just watching that show. So... I am I am saddened that that show, because of everything that's happened with Bill Cosby, that that show's not really aired and replayed in, in the way that other shows are, because obviously, understandably, because of the whole situation. But I think um, a lot of young people are missing out on, on what a show like that does for you. Um, yeah because it, it, it does do a lot and look I mean at the end of the day it doesn't have to be the Cosby show I'm I'm like well why you know we can we can recreate shows like that I mean there are many shows like that now I suppose Americanized ones for sure but in the UK there's not there's definitely a gap for a show like that that kind of tapped into the same parts you know to be done in the UK um, maybe a current version like you know 2021 you know with real social issues and yeah um yeah, that's an idea for you budding writers um, and creatives out there. Definitely something to look at. Also, Bianca Williams, um, the stop and search of the runner and her husband or her partner, um, Ricardo Dos Santos. Uh, three officers, Metropolitan Police officers, have, will now face misconduct um, hearings over that stop and search which was massive news um, in July 2020 in Maida Vale um, when they were stopped with their baby um, in a car and, you know, they video recorded it and all of that. So that is good news because that, that is what um, Bianca and Ricardo have been asking for. You know, they, you know, it, it was really uncomfortable to watch that. So I hope they get justice and these, these you know, the, the perpetrators of the misconduct are dealt with accordingly. I hope they get sorted out for sure. Um, so also, uh, this is really interesting, um, Soulcap. So Soulcap is a, a company that provides um, caps for um, black and ethnic minorities um, swimming hats. So for people that have got um, dreadlocks, uh, afros, weaves, ex hair extension, braids, um, you know, just, you know, black hair. Because um, basically the other, the other caps apparently not big enough or they don't they don't stay on effectively so this company Soulcap have gone about um creating a cap that does the job because obviously our hair is different you know our hair well I mean as a man you know our hair is cool we don't need a shower cap but uh, black women's hair and long hair whether it's male or female is um has to be protected especially from the chlorine and and, and stuff like that and water in general um so yeah, but they are disappointed because a decision has been made um, to ban it from the Olympics, ban the hair cover for the for the Olympics, which I think is 
kind of, you know, it's unnecessary, a bit much, but the the governing bodies rejected the application um, to have have the the caps, the sole caps certified in competition, saying that it's unsuitable because it doesn't follow the natural form of the head. So, which is, you know, when you think about that, then it doesn't follow the natural form of the head. Well, if you've got if you've got locks, if that's your hairstyle, because you're because you're rasta, for instance, that's your hair. You know, if you're if you're Sikh, for instance, um, that's your hair. So you should be able to cover it. I mean, so there's a there's a reason why I don't know of any Sikhs, male Sikhs that are swimmers. Maybe that's part of the reason because it's something they wouldn't look at because. I, they need to wear their turban. Their turban can't get wet and there's nothing to cover it. But this cap would help with that. Maybe there's a reason why there's no rasta um, in, in, in these swimming competitions because, you know, some, some rasta's locks is down to, their, <laughs> down to the floor. If you look at Damien Marley, um, which is a bit more extreme, he might need an extra homemade cap if he wanted to do it. But that's, like I said, that's a bit extreme. But, um, but yeah, but... I can imagine that would that well that's definitely a barrier you know for 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 women for men of of color you know when it comes to swimming so yeah I think they should reconsider that because in fact if it doesn't follow the shape of your head if that's what it's about it is a bit yeah it's, it's a bit discriminatory I think I think there's a bit of discrimination as far as head shape or he, not head shape hair your hairstyle yeah, so I, I don't, you know, please, I don't want this to be misconstrued as anything to do with race. That's not my, that's not my thoughts of it anyway. But definitely about hairstyles, you know, because if you're a black woman with your natural long hair that you've been growing since you were a kid and you have it in a certain style, locks for instance, then, and you are a good swimmer, it's not going to be an option for you to, to go into the Olympics. Never thought about it until I read this, but yeah, it's definitely something to look at. They they should definitely reconsider it, and and I, and I don't think it's it's actually potentially a disadvantage if they're talking about the head shape because I suppose they're talking about I would assume they're talking about the aerodynamics of it because it doesn't go with your natural head shape. So to me, having locks or an afro or a lot of hair that you need to put under one of these caps is a disadvantage. So again, what's the problem? You know, I, I, yeah. But who knows? Who knows where that's going to end up? We'll we'll keep our eye on it for sure. So also this week, um, I was listening to some conversations in regards to um, the amount of black children on remand. You know, I didn't realise it was. I knew it was high, but seventy four percent of London children um, held in prison on remand awaiting trial are black, which is crazy. Seventy four percent. And we're talking about children, not adults, children. They're black. Um, Mayor Sadiq Khan said um, he, that he's committed to tackling the, the, the race disproportionality throughout the justice system. Um, and he's launched a youth justice action plan in response to the overrepresentation of black children, Asian and ethnic minority backgrounds um, in youth custody services. So, yeah. 
um, this is something that, I mean, in the Lamy report, he, he, he spoke about all of this, you know, not just with young people, with just black people in general in the youth, in the criminal justice system. So this has just raised it again. Um, I think they need to stop raising this stuff and start doing stuff about it because it, it just doesn't make any sense. And, and, you know, why? The question is, is why? Why is there so many? But if you read the, the Lamy report, you, you, you'll see the conclusion, um, which is is on point. The conclusion is on point and, and crystal clear. So that's definitely, if you're not aware of the, the Lamy report, it's definitely worth having a look through that because it does hit the nail on the head as to what's going on. So sadly, Serena Williams uh, this week, she confirmed she won't be playing in the delayed Olympics. Um, she hasn't said why. But she's yeah she 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 won't be playing which is which is sad because um, these these you know that that family they're iconic they are iconic I'm really looking forward to her father and her sister and you know them putting together a film about their life and their come up because you know they came from humble beginnings and they came to and dominated the two sisters dominated you know, the, the, the tennis scene, the female tennis scene. And the way the father did it was, you know, it was kind of unorthodox, the story. I know bits and pieces of it, but I think it's a really good story, a powerful story. So I really hope they put that on the screens at some stage. I think there's books. I think he's got some, they must have some books out in regards to that. But yeah, I'd love to see a film on them. So also on the sports side, uh, weightlifting uh, for the the... On the weightlifting side of things, um, Zoe Smith and Emily Campbell have been selected to represent Great Britain in the Tokyo Olympics. Um, Smith, uh, she, she represented uh, Team GB in 2012, um, securing a top 10 finish for her home city. And Campbell um, won three gold medals uh, at the European Championships earlier this year. So these two ladies are not to be played with when it comes to weightlifting. So hats off to them for making it into the Olympics. And I'll definitely be watching that. You know, I do, I do like a bit of weightlifting. It's going to be interesting um, because they're going to be up against, in, well, they're going to be in the same category as the New Zealander um, Laurel Hubbard, who is basically going to be the first um, trans transgender athlete to complete, compete in the Olympics. Um, so that's going to be interesting. I, I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, obviously it's going to, yeah, it's going to be challenging because, you know, he, you know, there, there was a time before, before um, Lowell Hubbard transition, um, you know, you can't take away the testosterone and, you know, and I think he, when, when he, before he transitioned, he was weightlifting as well. You know, when he, when he, you know, he was weightlifting at the time, so obviously muscle memory and genetics as well. So I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know too much of how it works once you transition and the disadvantages and the advantages, but um, I, I won't be surprised if Laurel Hubbard um, wins by a long shot throughout that competition, but I'll definitely be watching it to see how it goes because, it's again, it's a first. So we'll, we'll kind of see how it goes. But yeah, hats off to Zoe Smith and Emily Campbell, though, for sure. Great stuff. So, also, it's been... Um, what's happened? So this month we've got... Uh, 
yeah, we, we haven't had the full moon. It's, we've, yeah, we've got a few more, few more days or weeks, actually, until the next full moon. Um, and that, that one they call the buck moon. I don't know why they call it the buck moon. I'm going to have to look into that as well. Yeah, but they've all got meanings. But yeah, be looking at it for that. And um, sadly, though, in Canada, you know, in Canada, talking about, you know, nature and the weather, they're having um, extreme heat waves. Uh, dozens of people have died in Canada. Um, it's basically unprecedented. Um, record temperatures. Um, I think the, the temperatures went up to like 49.6 um, Celsius. That is, that is extreme, absolutely extreme. Um, yeah, so, yeah, dozens died. Um, they responded to, like, I think since... In fact, dozens, dozens of people initially died but the most recent report, they was talking about there's like 130 sudden deaths. 130 sudden deaths. Wow. Yeah, the, the world is definitely heating up. You know, we, we, we definitely have to get our heads around and start working with the weather as it is rather than what it was. I think that's definitely something we need to do as, as a planet because it is what it is. It has changed. It's not the same anymore. So the weekly crypto roundup. Um, as I always say, I'm definitely not a financial advisor and I definitely am not giving any financial advice. But this crypto world, it is a thing. You know, it is part of the economy, the global economy. And, you know, I really do think that we need to be up to speed with what's going on and with, with the new stuff as well, you know, because, I mean, if you've got, if you've got young people children in primary school when they them kids are in their 20s um <laughs> cryptocurrency and, and bitcoin and all these things are going to be very very commonplace you know so we we do need to keep our eye on what's going on with these new things especially when they involve tech and you know cryptocurrency is 100 percent tech um but yeah so um so recently jack dorsey um the owner of twitter the founder of twitter tweeted um, that people in Nigeria will lead um, the Bitcoin uh, kind of revolution, you know. So he's obviously has some idea about what's going on and, you know, and he's, he's kind of putting these, you know, kind of making his mark in the sand. You know, that's a, it's a, that's a big statement. Um, the, it's ironic because obviously Nigeria has banned Twitter um, so, um, yeah, they banned Twitter, but he's making these positive comments um, about Bitcoin and Nigeria. Um, but Nigeria's uh, got the largest cryptocurrency market in Africa. So, you know, that's that's what he's alluding to. I mean, it's it's as much as you know the the government tried to restrict certain things. It seems like what's happening in in places like Nigeria, the more they restrict it the more the young um, and the mobile kind of are more rebelling against it. Um, and I think that's part of why they, they've kind of tried to suppress Twitter, because that's kind of helping that to happen. But you, you can't stop what's happening. Um, and Elon Musk, he's been doing what he always does, which is, um, you know, putting out these ambiguous tweets and which affect the price of particular coins, especially Dogecoin. Um, so nothing new there. Um, in regards to NFTs, uh, there 
the we spoke about it last week. Sir Tim Berner, Sir Tim Berners Lee, um, who was auctioning his the World Wide Web um, code. That's happened now. It was auctioned through Sotheby's, and that got sold for three point nine million. So three point nine million. That is a lot of money, and I'm wondering what that person. I mean, obviously, the other than owner. I wonder if they they can do anything to impact the internet now they have these codes that I don't know I don't know if they they can do anything legal like that but yeah so you know with the cryptocurrency NFTs you know these these things are not going anywhere they're not going anywhere but they're like I said the marketplace is super volatile but our kids are going to be this is going to be standard stuff if you've got young children this is good cryptocurrency is going to be very basic for them um and you know it's going to be interesting i'm sure at some stage they're going to have to start talking about it in schools you know they're going to have to start talking about it in schools um i don't know when but that's definitely coming for sure but yeah i mean as i as i say i really think people need to upskill we just need to upskill ourselves on on you know the whole finance our financial iq we need to you can't you can't learn enough about finances um you know and the more you know the more opportunities you're going to see and you know things you're going to be able to get involved in and obviously support and grow your 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 young people around you you know around these opportunities you know and it's not it's not just about um making money obviously you need to guard them against losing money so you can't do that if you don't know nothing about it you know, if it's totally alien to you, you won't know if your child's trading NFTs or or or, or trading um, cryptocurrency. You you won't understand that it's happening. But they could be sitting right in front of you on their mobile phone, um, doing massive trades. You know, um, and things like that. So if you don't know as adults, if we don't know, how can we support young people doing it, and how can we get involved? So so yeah, we we definitely have to look at all of that stuff. One hundred percent. So from a TV perspective and a cinema perspective, I am so happy that there's another Marvel movie out. I haven't been to see it yet, Black Widow. Um, I think she died in the last, the last Marvel episode. But yeah, I'm looking forward to going. I may even go to the cinema and see that. I, may, I think I may have to go to the cinema and see that because I haven't been to the cinema for years. Um, but I don't relish the idea of wearing a mask throughout <laughs> throughout that whole process because I'm a person that likes popcorn and stuff um, maybe I'll wait until the 21st to after the 21st because I think they're going to the mask thing is not going to be compulsory after that so, but yeah looking forward to that Black Widow and in, from, from the reviews it looks really good it looks like you know it's getting great reviews and stuff but in the meantime I've been filling my boots with Loki on Disney um, channel um, every Wednesday um, so yeah people that know me know I, I'm, I love I love Marvel I'm a, I'm a kid at heart really so um, so yeah I'll be getting to the cinema I'll bring the kids as a as a disguise but actually it will be all about me but yeah we'll be doing that so thank you to everybody who have um, purchased um, some of the new merch the limited edition merch is no longer available, unfortunately. 
Um, but we've got the new merch out there with the new logo. Um, we've only got a few few items on this time, um, and they're on for a limited period as well. Um, so it's the new um, Unity culture and history um, line. Um, so we've got hoodies, we've got T-shirts, we've got the mugs as well. Um, been getting some really good feedback. People like the new design. People love the hoodies. People really love the hoodies. Um, and there's multiple colours in all of these. So, so yeah, um, thank you for everybody who's, who's, who's supporting the podcast because that, you know, that is how, that's the kind of support that allows me to continue doing um, these podcasts. So if the podcasts are of any value to you and you're looking for a T-shirt, you know, you're looking for a hoodie, you know, you're looking for a cup, a mug, you know, you can, you can get one from, you know, a Pablo podcast version, you know, just as good as the ones you're going to get in any of the high street shops or online. So, um, so yeah, join us in, in, in rocking the new hoodies and the new t-shirts over this summer and the winter as well, because hoodies are good for both, you know, in summer, especially in England. So yeah, um, but I hope everybody's out there taking advantage of the, you know, being able to get out, you know, regardless of the weather. You know, it has been a bit wet recently, but it's not been super cold. It's kind of been wet and muggy. And, you know, even as I'm speaking now, it's the, the sun's coming out and on one window to the house, the sun's coming out on the other side, it looks really cloudy. So it is an absolute mixture, but we still need to get out of there, stretch, get the blood going. Get, you know, get on our bikes, do a little running, go and see the sights. Like I said, I'm going to go and see the the um, Diana statue. You know, I'll probably ride my bike there. In fact, get the exercise out of it. No, saying that, I need to I need to go with the kids as well. I need to bring the kids out there, bring the family out there. So yeah, I won't be selfish, but I'll, but I will be getting out there and doing my fitness stuff. And I suggest everybody does. You know, get out there get the blood going, we need to stay healthy, you know, we've been restricted for way too long, so thank you again for choosing Pablo's podcast today, hopefully you can join me on the next one, until then, take care and be nice to each other. Thank you for listening to Pablo's podcast, I'm Pablo from Hackney and you can catch me next week for more healthy discussion.